Hello and welcome to another episode of the Try Lawyer Podcast. I'm Casey Arbenz. I am an attorney, a father, a husband, and a triathlete. Uh, and I do the show on a weekly basis and try to inspire friends and colleagues and others to take uh, a more hands-on approach to an active lifestyle along with uh, what is surely a busy family and work-life balance, etc. So um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, qualifying for Kona. And that is something that I was fortunate enough to be able to do in 2019. And it's, uh, it, it's remarkable to me that that happened. And um, it's remarkable because, frankly, I didn't think it would ever happen. And I didn't do anything particularly, um, well, remarkable to, to make it happen, except um, did the things that, that, that people say and talk about all the time that, that, that lead to, to results. Um, consistency, you know, hard work, um, you know, staying positive and kind of put yourself there. It's a, what's that old adage that, you know, 90% of, of success is just showing up. And, um, that was a big part of my success, um, at, uh, Ironman Canada, which is the race that, uh, allowed me to qualify for, for Kona, um, which I, like I say, I raced in, in 2019. The, uh, but before I do that, one, one thing I want to do on every podcast is talk a little bit about my workouts, uh, what I'm doing and, um, you know, the frequency and the duration and, and all that. So uh, today it's, it's Saturday. I did, um, and I've got, it's, it's April um, 17th, day of this recording, and I've got Ironman Coeur d'Alene on June 27th. So I'm about 10 weeks from that race. And uh, I've been training pretty much nonstop since Kona of 2019, which was in uh, October. 2019 and, and idea originally was that I would be doing nothing but 70.3 races, half Ironmans, and then I like to do some Olympics and maybe a sprint or two throughout the season uh, in 2020. And uh, my first race would have been uh, Ironman um, 70.3 in Oceanside, which I've done, I believe I've done three times. I would have been, that would have been my fourth time. And then, of course, uh, COVID hit uh, about I don't know. I think they canceled that race about a month before, and I was in I was in pretty good, pretty good shape for seventy point three racing, and then they pushed it back to like October of twenty nineteen or of twenty twenty, and I thought maybe a couple of local races might happen. Kept training, although when I'm when I'm sort of in the off season or if I don't have a race on the calendar, I pretty much limit my training to an hour or so a day. Um, depending on swimming, sometimes I'll swim in the mornings two or three days a week for say 45 minutes and then I still will probably do an hour workout, a 45 minute to an hour workout at lunchtime on those days and then on the weekends. If I've got a race coming up, I'll do my long ride, my long run on Saturday and Sunday. But if there's no race on the on the immediate calendar, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd probably um, just do an hour, you know, an hour ride, maybe an hour and a half and then a run, say um, six, seven miles, about an hour. But uh, anyway, um, I, I'm about 10 weeks out from Ironman Coeur d'Alene right now. And so I'm, I'm pretty well in the thick of my training and I've been training really well this year. Um, the same thing in 2021, my plan was to do, um, uh, the half at, at Oceanside 
and that I got, you know, within four or five weeks and to cancel that again, move that till end of 2021. So I'll hopefully still be able to do that. Um, but I just switched my training at that point from half Ironman training to, you know, full distance training. And that means longer, longer rides and longer runs, a little bit longer runs on the weekend. So I'm doing, um, so I did, uh, four hours this morning. I did on the Peloton. My, I've got, I actually have two tri bikes right now, but neither are working. Um, one's in, um, the state of repair from an incident I can talk about probably on a later podcast. Um, and then the other one is being built. It's a new bike that I bought and I'll talk about uh, more as, as it comes together. Uh, that one I will hopefully race at Coeur d'Alene. The other one, uh, would be fine in a pinch, but, and, and it's a it's kind of just not typical for me to have two tri bikes. Um, but I do at the moment and neither, like I say, neither of which are working. So I'm not doing trainer rides. I haven't been on, um, doing, um, Zwift the way I typically do. I've been just riding my, my Peloton. <clears throat> so I did a four hours on that this morning, watched about five episodes of Jack Ryan in my garage. That's a great show. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend uh, season one in particular. Season two is also good, not maybe not quite as good, but that's a good show. I find that uh, action, I don't really love action movies uh, all that much, uh, but I think that action tends to make the time go by faster when you're doing long rides and long runs if you're on the treadmill. Um, so I did four hours this morning. I feel pretty good. Uh, we just got back. My family and I, we, uh, we went to Disneyland, uh, Disney World in Florida for the whole week. And um, I, basically, I really took the first days off I've taken off probably in a year and a half, like real days off. We flew out on, I did my long ride at three or three and a half hours last Saturday. We flew out on Sunday I didn't, so I didn't get a workout in on Sunday and then I didn't want to leave on Monday because we were getting started at the parks and, and having fun. I didn't want to take off. So I, I think I just actually uh, didn't do anything Monday. So Sunday, Monday or Tuesday, I took three days off in a row, which I, I like I say, I haven't done in, in years. Um, and then I went for a long, I did a two hour run on Wednesday. We had a little break in the action in the middle of the day, had to do it on the treadmill, which in the, in the hotel, which kind of stunk. I wanted to do a, ru a run down in Florida in, in the Orlando area, but I was up at the, the, uh, the hotel we we're staying. It was called the contemporary. And, um, I couldn't find much, actually, you know, I take that back. I did do, I did a short run on Monday, uh, for about four or five miles. And I couldn't, I had to run basically in circles around the resort. I couldn't find a way out of the resort. I think I figured it out later. Um, but on Wednesday, so anyway, on Wednesday I did uh, two hours on the treadmill, which is a little rough. But I I watched um, Game of Thrones. I watched uh, the Battle of the Bastards episode, which I th I stand by as the best Game of Thrones episode um, on the history of that show. And it's so action packed, and it carried me that last hour uh, really well, which was awesome. So I got a good run in there, and then took uh, Thursday off although we walked a ton and then uh, at the parks and then Friday we traveled, although I got back last night and I went to the Y and, and I got a three, 3,000 meter swim in, uh, which was nice because I hadn't swam the whole week. And then uh, today did the four hour ride and tomorrow we'll do a long run. We got beautiful weather here and, and I live in Gig Harbor, Washington. We got beautiful weather first time of the year, really. It's in the, in the, in the 80s. So I'm going to go for a long run outside tomorrow. So I'm extremely excited about that. Um, and then 
now with the 10 weeks, I don't, I don't plan to take really any, um, any days off other than re- occasional recovery day if, if, if needed, but I'm not a big recovery day person. I may be changing my mind on that a little. Usually I find that when I, I get into these grooves of, of just being, you know, just really, um, committed to working out. And so I'll, uh, if I, my body feels beat up, I'll just do like a thousand meter, 1200 meter recovery swim. But I don't like to take days off because it's like inevitably the next day something comes up at work or family and I, I can't do it. And now all of a sudden it's two days in a row of, of nothing. And, and I don't really like that. So anyway, um, I got a lot, big run tomorrow and then, uh, be putting in good quality sessions, uh, trying to swim Monday, Wednesday, Friday at the Y and uh, right now we're limited to only 45 minutes on those swims and then um, run. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll ride the bike on the, on the trainer or on the Peloton Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for like an hour, hour 15, maybe an hour 30 if I can at lunch. And uh, after my swims, Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the mornings, and then Tuesdays, Thursdays, I'll just be running, uh, trying to do, those are more my speed days. One, one's like a legit speed run, and the other is more, um, well, it depends, but, um, you know, both of those are usually about seven miles or so uh, in about an hour. So that's what I got on on, uh, on the track for this next week, but um, that's where, I, and uh, that's the race coming up, Ireland, Coeur d'Alene. I, the, the, the participant list were released last night. It has over 3,200 people racing in the race. I can't imagine that many people are going to show up, but that would be cool because that's about 1,000 more than Kona. But anyway, uh, Kona. So I qualified for Kona in 2019. And really, uh, like I say, there's the adage of, of life uh, you know, just showing up. And that, that was really the lesson that I learned um, about that race in a couple ways. One is um, in training for that race, I there's a little bit of, of backstory to it. Um, I did my first Ironman, I believe it was in 2017. It was Ironman Canada up in Whistler, and it was it was really just for me. So it was kind of a decision I made. I'd done I'd done halves and um, sprints and Olympics, and really wanted to to check the Ironman off my bucket list. No expectation of of doing well. Just kind of wanted to finish upright, and so I made the decision about about five weeks before the race. I was in pretty decent half Ironman shape, but I definitely wasn't in full Ironman shape. And I did, so I did two or three long rides um, the few weeks leading up to the race and, and two or three long runs, uh, you know, like 15 mile or 18, 20. And um, did that race. And I, I think I finished in like 11.44. So I broke I broke 12 hours, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. Was, you know, had a really great experience, loved it. Um, Decided I was going to do another Ironman the next year in 2018, and that was, uh, I chose Ironman Arizona, and I did that with my buddy Brent, and we went down there, and um, I trained really hard for that race. I was in good shape. It's a fast course. I did 10.22, so I made a substantial improvement, an hour and 22 minutes or so, and, um, you know, I, by then, you know, I'd learned quite a bit more about nutrition and, and how much junk to bring on the bike and how to approach the race and a little bit more about pacing uh, both on the run or on the bike and on the run. And then um, in 2019, wanted to do another Ironman and that kind of figured, you know, I'd done an 11.44 and a 10.22. And it really it dawned on me the two things. One, I really wanted to go to Kona. And two, I probably, I realized I probably wasn't gonna be fast enough to get there. 
and um, I, I mean, I'm I'm very much in like maybe the front middle of the pack, but not the elite guys at Arizona. The the guys that qualified for Kona were in the low nines, and so I mean, I was over an hour off the pace, and that was pretty much everything I had. Um, and so I figured if I want to go to Kona, there's one way to do it, and that's to do 12 Ironmans and do the Legacy Program. And if those of you who don't know what that means, if you do uh, 12 Ironman races in 12 years, I believe, um, you can you basically get automatic entry. It's not guaranteed, but they'll, they'll get you in, I believe. So I figured I'll just do one a year uh, until I'm 53 or so, and uh, 54, and... Um, that's, that's how I'm going to do it. So my plan to do uh, Ironman Canada again, my family has a, my wife's family has a, um, a timeshare up there. It's very fortunate that it was the same week as the race. And so figured what the heck. And uh, my buddy Brent and I were going to train and do it together. Uh, my wife was going to do the half. And my training was going pretty good. I was, I was putting in uh, good sessions. And, and a lot had gone on that year in 2019. I left my former uh, law firm that I had worked at for 10 years. And they were, like I say, great guys. And previous podcasts, I talked about how they got me into triathlon. And uh, I trained a lot with them. Thankfully, I, I'm pretty sure uh, that there's no hard feelings. We were able to leave on very amicable terms. And uh, they're really good guys. And I've seen them you know, a number of times since. And they invited me back to their firm Christmas party, and so I, which I really appreciate. And so I was able to leave. But it was a stressful year. It was probably the hardest thing I've had maybe a, a pretty fortunate life, but leaving my firm was, was pretty much the hardest thing I'd ever done. Um, having been there that long, they, they had made me a partner at my request. And, um, I felt, you know, a lot of, um, I felt a lot of loyalty to them. And so leaving was tough. And, um, one of the things that I think kind of helped me deal with it was training for the Ironman in Canada in 2019. And so, I was training and about, I would say about eight weeks before the race, maybe six weeks, seven weeks, uh, my buddy Brent, it, we did a lot of, we were doing a lot of our training separately. Uh, he, he said, look, I'm, I'm going to bail on the Ironman. I'm going to do the half. I think you should do the same thing. And, um, and Brent's, he, I think he's done four Ironman races. He's a, he's a very good competitor. He's usually uh, faster than me, especially on the, on the halves. And so uh, I, man, there was definitely a, a point where I thought, gosh, I, I probably ought to do the same thing. I should bail on the Ironman and just do the half. Um, and I'll probably do pretty well on the half because I've been putting in some serious miles and um, it'd be nice to do a race and actually feel pretty good <laughs> when you feel, you know, finish standing upright and feeling feeling good. And I broke, I broke five hours once um, on a half. I got 459 at Oceanside, um, I think in 2017. And or maybe 2018, and I would have been cool to go to Canada, do the half there, maybe have a chance of, of doing pretty well, breaking five hours again. But something in my back of my mind just said, no, you you put you've been training for an Ironman, you committed to an Ironman, you know, don't wuss out, don't don't be don't be like that. Um, and so I went ahead and told him, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through with it and uh, see if see if I can put up a good Ironman time. Plus, I made a goal. You know, I want to go to Kona, and I'm not going to get there unless I do 12 Ironmans. And so I um, I did the training, and it was funny. Um, that was so. That was the first sort of moment where I could have made a change. I could have backed out, um, and I wouldn't. I, I actually probably now would know, would know what a mistake that would have been. Um, 
based on the way circumstances happened. Because, um, and I'll and I'll talk about that. But I'm 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 glad that I didn't. And I think that was that's a lesson that that has stuck with me. Is you know when you set a goal, um, it's a challenging goal. Don't don't back out just because you can, and um, and don't back out just because just because you might something else might happen or you might be able to do better um, in a different you know in a different situation. And so I stuck with it. Did the race. It was funny. Um, a few things happened that that I would say four things went totally wrong at Ironman Canada. The first was that um, it was really crowded. The bus situation was very goofy and. I only got to the race about 10 minutes with about 10 minutes to spare. Uh, my wife came with me on the bus and I remember just being like, holy crap. But I also was like, this is my third Ironman. Um, I'm just going to stay calm, right? Like I'm on a bus, it's going to the race and I'm just going to stay calm. But I was really worried that I was going to miss the start. And so I got there, uh, just didn't mess around, put on my wetsuit, got in line. And, um, and that was, the, but that was, a little harrowing, you know, usually I like to have about an hour to kind of, you know, get lubed up, but I like to rub Vaseline pretty much all over my whole body, uh, just as an anti-chafing measure, um, you know, kind of hydrate, kind of focus a little bit, just kind of think, I like to do some, uh, just, I don't call it medication, but I like to take it in because this, these are tremendous experiences. And so I didn't, I didn't do that. I was rushed and, um, I don't even think I had time to put air in my tires, but I had done that the day before, at least I thought I had. And so, um, got out on the race and I uh, had a, had a pretty good swim. I think I did like an hour and nine minutes, maybe an hour and 10, I think an hour and nine, which, which is a good swim for me. And, um, I got out, got on the bike, um, and everything seemed fine until, um, I asked, I, I went to the first aid station and I had only brought, I, one of the things I really like to do in a race is not bring a lot of crap on the bike. <clears throat> I did it the first Ironman I did, and, and that's actually why I'm changing bikes right now, but I don't like, I don't like internal hydration. I don't like carrying all that stuff and having it sloshing around and spilling all over me. Um, I like my bike to be light and sleek, um, and I like to use the aid stations. Uh, I have a pretty good stomach for being able to take down uh, different stuff without it causing too many problems. And so... My plan at the race was to use um, Gatorade Endurance, which is what they'd had on the course at Ironman Arizona the year before. And um, I knew the calorie count per bottle. And my plan was just to do, um, I think it was a little over two bottles, about two bottles an hour. So let's say it's, I think it's 180 per bottle, 180 calories. So 360 calories an hour plus I would do one one goo for another hundred calories. And I like, to, I like to stick it between four and 500 calories an hour on the bike. So that was my plan. And, uh, but it's Canada and Canada doesn't allow really sugar, sugary drinks, uh, sugary sports drinks and, and Gatorade endurance is too sugary. And so they didn't have Gatorade endurance. They had a product called base, uh, BASE, which I'd never heard of. And I got my first, um, so I stopped at the, or, you know, I go to the first aid station, they hand me the base and I don't know what it is and I'm tasting it. And I'm going, oh man, um, I got a problem. I don't know how many calories are in this. There wasn't uh, any type of uh, marker on the bottles. I, if I recall, they were coming, they were like in um, like water bottles. And so I didn't know anything about the product, never drank it before. And mostly I was just concerned I wouldn't be able to keep my, my calorie count uh, where it needed to be. And so I actually pulled my bike over and talked to, 
uh, one of the folks at the aid station and they like they were able to pull up a bottle or, or something that showed me uh, how many calories I was getting in every every bottle they gave on the course and so it actually kind of a it, it, a blessing in a way and that it was a distraction that kind of took my mind to a place of all right well now I got I got to be think on my feet here I got to calculate my calories per hour a little differently um, and I also you know what I did know was that the goos on the course or um, those energy um, uh, bites or squares, chews they have, you know, I knew I knew what those had. And so I, I just kind of changed my plan on the fly and just made sure to get the, that four to 500 calories down per hour on the bike because um, I weigh about 170 pounds and that, that has worked for me. And so I, um, I did that and everything was going fine until about the 80 mile mark, maybe a little less, maybe 70 two mile mark. It was, I think I had about 40 miles left when my, I realized my D2 shifters uh, were running out of battery, which I, I can't believe happened. I don't know how it happened, um, but I didn't charge my, my shifting cables. And so I couldn't move my, um, my ring off the, onto the big ring anymore. So I had, I could still shift the, the back derailleur, um, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, go into that that lower gear on the big ring on the front. And uh, so I was spinning, you know, at a much higher RPM. The last 40 miles, couldn't really get the power. Definitely slowed me down a bit. Um, Whistler's a really hilly course, a lot of ups and downs. And um, that, I'm sure, cost me some minutes in, in, the, in the race uh, in terms of speed. But it also, I, I do think, uh, on the bike, but I think it helped me, maybe it helped me on the run, just save my legs that last 40. Um, so... You know, there I had two pretty substantial issues um, and, uh, you know, just kind of like that option to quit uh, earlier that Brent had given me. I just said, you know what, I'm here. I'm going to finish this thing. And so, um, so go ahead. You know, I, I trucked along, got through the bike, uh, got out on the run and actually felt really good. Um, I don't think I set a PR for, for, for my marathon. I actually don't remember my time. I think it was about 355. So I broke four hours, which is, which is good for me. And um, ended up with a with a pretty good time uh, for Whistler for me, which was about ten. I think I was ten forty eight. I want to say so under eleven hours. So I almost an hour faster than I'd done it the year before, and uh, or two years before. And uh, you know it's it's a tougher course, um, and I was eleventh in my age group, and so it was good. You know I had a good race. Felt really happy about it. Um, you know, obviously didn't expect to qualify for Kona in 11th place and, um, and, you know, <laughs> do what I always do, which is feel nauseous and, and terrible after the race and then go drink a few beers and have a hamburger. And then I've always wanted to go watch everybody finish at midnight. Um, but I, I can never seem to do it. I've always had little kids, really little kids. Uh, when I've been into Ironman the last few years, my kids are five and six now, but <laughs> I, it's, Mostly, I just can't do it. I just feel like garbage, and I just can't get move and get moving, and I'm nauseous still. So, I uh, haven't yet done that. I really want to. I did, I did a little bit at Kona, but only for about 15 minutes. Cause I had the same problems. So, uh, kind of the last lesson, really, for for that qualification was was going back to what I said previously about how much of life is just showing up. Um, the year that I got 11:44, my first Ironman. I went to the awards ceremony and I had that in that race, I got 44th place in my age group. So I definitely wasn't going to Kona, but I went and I watched, I watched this guy, I think his name's Greg. 
and I, I follow him now on Instagram, he got seventh place, and he got the last Kona slot. It was really exciting and kind of was standing near his family, and they were really excited for him when he got that slot in seventh place that year. And um, so there was a little bit in the back of my mind. It was like, I mean, obviously there's a big difference between seventh and 11th place, but I knew that Kona or that uh, Whistler was later in the season. It was one of the last qualifying races for for Kona of that year. So it was 2019. It was like uh, July of 2019 and Kona is in October, 2019. So I knew the cutoff was about a month later and there wouldn't be any more races. Um, and so I figured I should go to the awards ceremony and just watch. And I just want to see who, who gets the spot, how much faster I would have needed to have been to, to get there. And um, our condo, our, our timeshare, is about two, probably two miles, mile and a half from the Olympic Village in Whistler where they have the awards ceremony. And we, the plan was to all ride our bikes. Uh, my wife and I ride bikes and the kids would be in a, a one of those chariot uh, pullers um, behind. And so everything went wrong. Uh, it was slow. I couldn't get the, the chariot uh, hitched to the bike. The pin was pin was uh, twisted. And so we had the maintenance guys helping us. And I just kind of laughing. I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to make it there. And then like finally got it fixed, got on the road, uh, started riding there. I mean, the award ceremony had already started. It was probably half an hour in. We're like halfway there. And I remember my son uh, kicked his shoe off and like we had to stop and it was on an uphill. And so we're like walking the chariot up. And so we got to the award ceremony about 45 minutes after it had started. And, um, and it, at that point it, it was like, it, it was something, some, some higher power took over because I walked up to the top and my wife goes, I'm going to go over to the side. And I had my daughter, I had my bike, I had my daughter in the chariot behind me. And she went with my son around to the side to do something. I can't remember to go to the bathroom. And the um, Mike Riley, I, I believe it was Mike Riley, was reading the names. And he, it was like, he read a name and no response. And he said, okay, well, next name is so-and-so and no response. And I was just, I had this like feeling of not only is this crazy that people aren't claiming these Kona spots, but that this might, this, this is my, I just, I just, I had this feeling like this weird premonition come over my body. And then all of a sudden, Casey Arbenz, Casey Arbenz, 11th place in the male 40-44 division. And I, it was, it was out, out of body experience, um, truly. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm in the very back and there's probably, you know, three or 400 people there. And I've got my daughter in this chariot and I'm, <laughs> so I'm like screaming, I'm here, I'm here, uh, waving my arms. And there's about five steps from the top down and I'm, so I'm, I'm running down with my poor daughters in the back of the chariot, bouncing down the, this each step as I run forward to make sure that my spot doesn't get uh, passed over. And apparently my wife tells me, I didn't know this, that she was on the side, like screaming and running towards him as well. So I, I think they were aware that, that somebody was, was definitely claiming this spot. Um, and in fact, if you're totally bored, um, if you search Ironman Canada, um, I believe it's 2019, they've done, they've done a show on YouTube, uh, about it, and in the first thirty seconds, it actually films that whole thing, and I hear them that they read my name, and you see me and my wife Annie uh, and our kids running down uh, the Olympic Village to claim the spot. And I'll admit, you know, birth of your kids, getting married, you know, you have these moments in life that are ones you'll never forget. But that was that was definitely one of them, and um, 
it was because I made it, you know, because I went, because I showed up. I showed up for the race. I showed up for the awards ceremony. Had I not done those things, uh, it wouldn't have happened. And, I, you know, certainly luck's involved. 11th place uh, doesn't usually get you there um, to, to a race like that. And I, in fact, I don't know if it ever has, frankly. A lot of people <laughs> I saw on slow twitch at some of the sites later, I mean, people were like, holy crap, somebody got 11th place and they, and they got to Kona. So um, that was it, though. And it was, it was truly uh, a, a life-changing experience to qualify um, I'll talk about Kona and the lessons I learned uh, in another podcast, um, but this one, this one really was about life and and just showing up. And I I really implemented it. It was something that my parents instilled in me, my grandparents, but also it's something about you know in 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 your business, in your work, whatever you do, um, if you want to be successful, sometimes you just have to show up and you got to show up with the right attitude. And when things go wrong, you know you can't quit. You got to keep. You got to keep. Um, persevering. And so that was, that was what I took away from the experience. And it was, um, it, it was really remarkable. And uh, so then there it was end of July and we've got, you know, August, September, October, we've got three months until Kona and uh, had to give them the credit card, pay up for Kona and then start planning not only for lodging and, you know, taking the time off work and all that to go to Kona, but also, um, you know, <laughs> there's always that moment you're like, great, this Ironman training, I have to keep this up for another few months, but I, I'm so lucky. I mean, my wife was, was probably happier than me. Um, and it really, it, it's really special to have a partner who just absolutely knows what's best for you, knows what you want and supports you and, and doesn't, doesn't, you know, I mean, it's 1200 bucks right there. I had to hand over that moment just to, just to enroll in the race. And then, you know, you think it's going to be several thousand more dollars for flights and, you know, staying in a hotel and, and all the, all the lead up to the race. Um, and the training, which is a big sacrifice for the family as well. You know, I mean, even today getting up early and getting on the bike, I mean, there was, there was a, you know, there was a couple of good hours where my wife's got to watch our kids and they're five and six. And so they're, they're needy. And, um, but I never, I've never had any, anything except hundred percent support my wife knows how important this is to me um, and it's important to her uh, that we are both doing things in our lives and our careers that um, that are kind of above and beyond what just we could do um, we, we're putting more on our plate so that we accomplish more so that we live fuller richer lives which really is is our whole thing so uh, really special and uh, I just you know I just learned that lesson. Just, just show up. I tell my kids all the time, if you want something, just show up, go to school, show up to school, you know, show up for practice, stay at, stay late. If you're there, uh, good things happen. So that's the lesson. And, um, it was, it was quite a special experience. So I'm going to sign off. Uh, this has been the Tri Lawyer podcast. I'm Casey Arbenz and it's uh, been great talking to everybody today and I uh, look forward to next week. Thanks so much. Have a great day.